episode number 372. You can't just reach out to an influencer and say, hey, will you talk about my brand? Well, let's partner. Can you promote my product? You've got to be ready when they say yes to say, okay, here are here's all the information about the product. Here are ideas on how you know we would like for you to communicate this message. Welcome to the Be Real Show with Travis Tutal and Hoff. Where we talk about life, dreams, social media, and business. Well, hello and welcome to the Be Real Show with Travis Tutal and Huff. Folks, you know your boy is always fired up, uh, especially when we can bring an OG in the game back on the podcast. He was in the, one of the first seasons of the Be Real Show, season one. Back many moons ago, my man. It's almost been six years ago. Mr. Jason Falls. Jason, are you ready to be real? I'm ready. I'm always ready, Travis. Thanks for He's having me. He's always back, man. ready, baby. He's always ready and he is always real. And Mr. Jason is the host of uh Winfluence, as well as he has a book called Influence and talk about how you can influence the people around you, get influence, reframe, you know, reframing influencer marketing basically at the end of the day to ignite your brand. Bottom line is we've all heard about influencer marketing. Uh, you know, but at the end of the day, there's many different ways you can do it. And my man literally has a book as well as a show, a podcast where he's bringing on experts of, of the game of influencer marketing and uh, such an ever evolving space. My man, how's your day going today, Jason? Day's going pretty good. Started off bad. I got a, I had some dental work done this morning. Oh. So my, I feel like I've been punched in the face, but other than that, I'm doing all right. <laughs> the dentist, man. The dentist. I, I, we all fear it, but it's one of those things you got to still, it's a, it's a happy meeting. You got to, you got to still take care of them teeth, right? Like it's a, for all of That's, us, it's one for all of us as we get older, it, it always happens, right? That's very true. And, and actually it's an interesting segue because, um, you know, in, in my book and on my show, I talk about influence marketing without the R. Um, and kind of a long story short, I feel like if, if you're going to do influencer marketing, you should actually try to influence. That mm-hmm. should be your goal, right? That's the, the verb is what you're trying to do. So let's take away the R and let's work through people who have influence. My dentist and I sat in a chair in a room for three hours today and we had conversations. If, if I am someone who is trying to reach people in the Northeast side of Louisville, Kentucky as a small business, if I'm partnering with dentists, they have a captive audience, right? If I give them motivation or reason to talk about my business or my product, like if my dentist had said, you know, hey, there's a new Mexican restaurant down on the corner. You should go check that out. All of a sudden I'm being influenced to go partake of that restaurant. So I'm sure we'll get to a lot of the nuances of influence here in a minute, but Basically, what I want to try to get small business owners, medium business owners, and even big brand people to do is think about influence marketing a lot differently than they think of Instagrammers and YouTubers, which is typically where we start. Right. Because a lot of those people, let's be real, they don't care about your brand. Mm-mm. It's a transaction. And I, I was telling you when I came on your show, a lot of them aren't even going to keep it up there for 24 hours unless you pay them more money. And so uh, creating these organic, real relationships, like you said, with the, with the local dentist, with your local practitioner of your car automotive service. Let's just be real. How many cars are rolling through your local automotive service to partner up with and send people to the local restaurant or wherever? And we just forget about these things. And uh, you think that a YouTuber is going to get it to you. But talk to me a bit. Take me back into your story, because I know, you know, we had you on the show early. Uh, a lot of big things about social media. Obviously, it was just getting going. It was just getting going. 
but then talk to me about your kind of interest or if you want to call it a passion into the influencers, the influence. So, yeah, I mean, I'm a PR guy by trade. You know, I spent 15 before I got into this whole social media marketing thing that exploded in the mid 2000s. I was a PR guy in college athletics for about 15 years. Mm. And and so, you know, what that what that entailed was reaching out to media members and pitching them story ideas, which is, in essence, what you do with influencers. You're reaching out to people who have an audience uh, who can persuade that audience to do something or think a different way or whatever, Mm -hmm. uh, take some sort of action. And you're trying to convince them to talk about, write about, use your product. Now, the, the the game has changed a little bit and PR differs from influencer marketing in that PR is typically earned media. You're typically reaching out to reporters to get them to write about you without having to pay them. You're getting, trying to convince them that it's a worthy story for them to write. Right. Influencers are a little bit more, well, this is my time and my creativity and my talent. So you need to pay me if I'm going to do this. So there's a little bit of a different shift in and how that manifests itself. But there are plenty of, of opportunities uh, out there for you to reach out to influencers and not have to pay them because of the value you're able to give them in that transaction. So I'm a PR guy by trade, and that's kind of where the DNA comes from. When I made the shift in the mid-2000s to mainstream advertising marketing PR, I was in the right place at the right time, and all of our clients were asking about blogs and social networks. Mm. So I happened to kind of on the side as a hobby blog myself and knew a little bit about social media, I was in the right place at the right time and gave them some pretty good advice and kind of ended up working with some regulated industries. So I got invited to speak at some conferences. So things kind of snowballed. I ended up writing a couple of books and then worked for you know several agencies and then uh, one brand for a, a while. And then I, I wound up last year, actually two years ago, um, you know, sitting at Cornette in Lexington, Kentucky, doing really interesting influence marketing executions for our clients. And I thought, man, I've got some stuff here that we should be able to turn into case studies and talk about. Mm. And at the same time, I was getting really frustrated at the mainstream media's coverage of influencers because they were painting them in this painting them into the corner saying, oh, these people are all about peace sign, duck lips, you know, and uh, they're very superficial. They're, they're not worth the investment. And I see all these business owners out there looking at stories in mainstream media and seeing negativity around influencers. Meanwhile, I'm working with the other 95% of them out there who actually can persuade their audience to take action right. and having successful programs with clients. So those two things kind of collided. Mm. And that's where the book Winfluence came, came from. And then the podcast kind of spun off of that. So talk us into the book, because uh, I think I always like to get some action into the show. Uh, where is it a place that someone could take a little actionable step in their business right now? Uh, you know, if you want to call it influence, or where's the, where's the first step in figuring out how to even start an influence campaign? Well, you know, the book is it's it's really about influencer marketing strategy. I'm going to grab my little my little, my little cheat sheet here. So hell yeah, hell yeah, I love it. I got that. a little cheat sheet, so I'll make sure I don't screw something up when I'm telling you all this stuff. So so it's really about influencer marketing strategy, but I made sure to make one chapter focused on okay, here's how you do it. Here's the step-by-step how you do influencer marketing. And so uh, basically, there's six steps to building an influencer marketing campaign. So if you want some actionable things, uh, here are the six six steps. So the first one is, as you would with any strategic approach to anything, you've got to decide your goals. Why are you using influence marketing? What are you trying to get these influencers to help you do? Mm. Is it drive sales or is it create awareness? Because those are two different things. Is it drive more people to your website, increase your followers on social media? Be very specific about what you're trying to get out of it 
and plan to measure that from the front end. And then you'll be able to better understand and assess whether or not you get there on the back end. So decide your goals is first. Then you've got to define your audiences. You probably know who your you know primary your, your target audience is that you're trying to reach. Well, you also then have to understand the influencers and their audiences because where those two overlap is where you're going to be able to do the next thing, which is delineate the influential people that you're going to use. Mm. Because and and here's where the local, the small businesses and the local folks often uh, I find that they make mistakes. They see someone on Instagram or YouTube that uh, lives in their community and has, uh, you know, a bunch of followers and like, well, so-and-so lives down the street from me and she has 350,000 followers on Instagram. So I'm going to partner with her. There's a really good chance that of those 350,000 followers, about 1% of them are in your community. So if you're a small business, that influencer doesn't make any sense for you. Right. It makes a lot more sense to find the other person down the other end of the street who has 12,000 followers, but 90% of them are in your community. Right. So you've got to understand your audience and understand their audience and where those two overlap. So decide goals, define audiences, delineate influential people. Mm -hmm. Then you have to develop assets. You can't just reach out to an influencer and say, hey, will you talk about my brand? Well, let's partner. Can you promote my product? You've got to be ready when they say yes to say, okay, here are here's all the information about the product. Here are images you can use. There's maybe some video footage you can use if you're a YouTuber. Here are ideas on how, you know, we would like for you to communicate this message. If you don't have that ready and they turn and ask you, well, yeah, I'd be glad to partner with you. Do you have some, uh, some video footage I could use on my YouTube video as kind of B-roll? And you're like, uh, where do I go? Oh, well, now you're stuck, right? So develop assets. So you'll be able to make it easy for them to Mm -hmm. communicate your message. Then the fifth uh, step is deliver messages. And I divide this into two things. You got to at that. This is the point where you deliver the message to the influencer. You right. reach out to them, you pitch them, right. try to get them on board, but then you help them deliver messages to their audience to accomplish mm. your goals. So it's kind of a two-step process in that one. And then the last one is determine success. Sure. If you did a good job back on number one, deciding your goals and planning to measure along the way, then you have an easier job with number six saying, hey, did we get as far as we wanted to go or how far did we get or what's missing that we can change? change so that we can continue to move toward where we're going. Right. And that's, I think the first step is where people forget. They go right to, Hey, let's just slide these people some money and let's go. And let's say, hey, Oh, they got me so many things in the, you know, next thing you know, nothing happens for you. Oh, you big, never the, knew the goal. The goal was they get you a, a photo on their on their page. That's the exactly goal. the biggest mistake that I think businesses make is they they don't they don't define that goal early on and they say okay well let's partner with this influencer and have them talk about our product. Yep. Well, if there's not a clear goal, then what you're doing in that the assumption is that you just want awareness. You just want more people it. to be aware of your product. Well, the biggest mistake though that people make is is they do that assuming that they're going after awareness. And then they ask, what was the ROI? Well, ROI is a financial metric. That's all out driving sales. Those are two different things. It's apples and oranges. So you're never going to be happy with awareness metrics. If your goal, whether you express that goal or not, if your goal is I want to drive sales, then you need to tell the influencer, our goal is to drive sales. We need you to persuade your audience to come into our store and make a purchase. And we're going to track that so that we can attribute sales to you. Yes. And make them feel accountable. You got to change your profile. You got to, you know, do things to make it easy. I mean, to make some sales here. Exactly. Uh, and, and then also my next question to you uh, uh, is uh, for the outreach on that delivery of uh, to the, to the influencers, mm-hmm. which one, which platform are you seeing the best? I mean, obviously you got email. 
DMs of uh, like IG sometimes can get cluttered if you're a real yeah. popular influencer, right? Like where's where do you find some of the best success on there? Uh, it, it depends. And my answer to that is it's it's always dependent upon the influencer. There are a, a ton of them out there that email is is a great way to, to, to get in touch with them. If you right. can't find their email or they don't publish it, sometimes you have to start with a DM and maybe move it to email. Um, and some people only communicate via DM. So you yes. really just kind of have to get to know the influencers you're trying to reach out to and figure out how do they like to be communicated with. Eventually, when you start that relationship and you build it to the point where you've partnered a couple of times and they know you, you know them, then you get the cell phone numbers and the emails, and then you can communicate however you're more interpersonally. Right. But it really just depends on the influencer. Sometimes it's the private message on Instagram. Sometimes it's email. Sometimes they want you to fill out a form on their website. Some of them, if they have a lot of followers, um, some of them will have managers and, and, and agents that you have to go through, which complicates things a little bit. But uh, it really just depends on the influencer. 100%. So it's a real... Uh tactical points of view though on it is uh, email dms and also even like tagging them publicly on on like a twitter because uh you know at least they publicly maybe see that notification and you start up at least trying to start that uh you know conversation with them as as long as it's authentic is the yeah. most important thing too on this outreach is uh nothing really you don't want to look too spammy that's true. And if you're going to tag them publicly, don't just say, hey, we would like to partner with you and tag them. Don't start there. Start with, you know, liking their content. Start yes. with asking them questions. Absolutely. But become a familiar person in their followership so that right. when you do have the opportunity to reach out to them, whether it's DM or some other way, they know who you are. Now you've kind of broken that down, that sort of that cold call wall so that they it's not a cold call. They, they know who you are. They're familiar with you. Yeah, you're giving before you get something. That's a great Absolutely. strategy. But now, my man, we're about to take you into our top 10. Are you ready? Oh, my goodness. I didn't know where we were doing this, but okay. Let's go. Apple or Android? Apple. Apple. Netflix yep. or YouTube? Netflix. Netflix. Instagram or Facebook? Ooh, uh, that's tough. Facebook, personally. Facebook. Chicken or steak? You're thinking about a good meal. Steak. steak. Let's go, baby. Let's go. That's laptop. not even a question. No question there. Uh, laptop or a smartphone? Laptop. Laptop. Spotify or Pandora for music? Ooh, Spotify, I guess. Spotify. Movies or video games? Movies. Movies. Reading books or listening to books? <laughs> oh, that's a tough one. I do both. Um, I'm going to go with reading books, but I love to listen to the books sometimes. Something like that. Nothing like the productivity you can get with listening to, right? You could be on the like, true. Oh, you can do all sorts of things. Uh, pop those earbuds in your tenure, pull in a university into your ears, you know? <laughs> Stocks or real estate if you're thinking about diversification of investing. Ooh, I'd go real estate. I'm a little real conservative estate. on that. Yeah. Let's go, but you can live in it too. That's the beautiful thing about real estate, living <laughs> it, working it. Uh, yep. Oceans or lakes if you are uh, taking a vacation because we all we all deserve a vacation. Oceans. Let's go. Far. Which ocean would you want to go to right now if you could hop on a plane? Pacific, probably. Let's come out to West, baby. Come yeah. out West to us. San Diego. <laughs> Monterey. We're going out to Monterey next week. Let's go to Monterey. Uh, when, when you're waking up for your day, Jason, uh, you're getting yourself ready, pumped, energized for the day. Why do you love being you, Mr. Jason Foss? Oh man, that's a great question. I love being me because I, I, I think I live in a great place in Kentucky. Uh, I have great family uh, and I have good friends and I love what I do. I love my job. That's all you can ask for in life, right? Yeah. Like that is like literally happiness. 
And we all have tough days. We know Mr. Jason has tough days, <laughs> but when he goes back to having all those things, it makes it all good. Yeah. Beautiful. Do you think he'll ever retire from the game of PR marketing and the influence now, the influence uh, kind of motive yeah. campaigns? Probably. I mean, what I'd like, what I'd ultimately like to do, honestly, is my goal is to get to a point financially where I can just write books, but not marketing books. You know, gotcha. like I want to, I want to write true crime books and Hell other things, yeah. but I feel like I have to, the, this is my profession. This is what I do. This is how I can bring value to people and, and make a good living doing it. And so I'm not going to stop doing that until I can afford to do the other thing by itself. Like Mr. Bezos is using Amazon to fun, funnel his dream of going to space. It's <laughs> exactly. Same kind of idea. I like it. I like it. You're using your bread and butter, but you're coning the craft too by obviously writing. It's a, it's a, it's a skill. It's a, it's a constant skill to learn. And you know what? If Bezos could could donate a rounding error to me from his company, just I can do little, it tomorrow. Just tomorrow. Just next uh, the next three hours. Let's just donate. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Amazon's profits for the next three hours. Let's go. Uh, <laughs> how do you typically start your day, my man? Do you have a routine or a way of getting your day going? I do. Uh, I get up and have a cup of tea and uh, breakfast, sometimes fruit or bagel or something like that. Uh, And then I I always meditate. I meditate in the morning and I meditate in the evening. I've done that for about six years now. And uh, that's keeps me grounded, man. Meditation is fantastic. Do you have a certain amount of time that you meditate for? Usually 20 minutes. Um, You know, I do transcendental meditation. So 20 in the morning, 20 in the evening is my typical routine. And then if I have more time during the day, I might meditate a little bit longer depending upon you know, how stressed out I am or how relaxed I want to be. Isn't it amazing that something so simple as a meditation can really reframe your day? Dude, it's fantastic. And and the best thing in the world is when you get to about, for me, this time in the day we're recording this, you know, in the in the mid-afternoon. Right. My my time. Right. When I when I get to about 3 30, 4 o'clock and I feel like, oh man, I just I got another couple of hours to do before I can go to dinner. Yes. And I just get wound down. I'm like, wait, stop. Let's take 20 minutes. Let's go do a meditation. I have I have my 9 a.m. energy all back again. Isn't that crazy? Something crazy about that. Because also you're giving yourself a little break is what you're doing, too. You know, you're giving yourself a little break, closing the eyes and uh, and and literally it changes your entire mindset. So if you haven't ever tried a meditation, folks, I know it's real popular right now, obviously, but just 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 go for it. Well, so and and to 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 give you an idea, if you don't know anything about meditation, what meditation does is it takes some your brain on Travis and turns it into your brain on Jason because Travis is going a million miles an hour. And I'm like this, right? So I can get a lot done, but I don't have Travis's energy. I don't need it. It's okay. I don't have his energy. So just calm your brain down a little bit. So true. It's, it's necessary. It's just such a necessary (laughs) thing. Uh, I, I love doing it. And when I, when I don't, I'm literally off, off on a different track. So I I always have to make that very important part. Uh, A couple last questions for you, my man. Do you have a skill you're trying to master right now? Is there something you try to get better at? I, I would have to say writing. I mean, it's it's my passion. It's what I enjoy doing. It doesn't really matter what I'm writing. I'm trying to be as good at it as possible. So I'm constantly reading about it, you know, listening to other writers. I joined a writer's group here in, oh, wow. in Kentucky not too long ago to just have people to feed off of. So, uh, you know, when, when I get to the point to where I can write what I really want to write, the true crime books and whatnot, I want to make sure they're good. So I'm try- constantly trying to get better at that. Do you work on like a Word document or how do you typically write? 
I typically write in like a Google Doc or something online. Um, I type. I don't. I don't do a lot of sketching and notes. Right. But if I'm if I'm plotting or something like that, and I'm, I'm like, okay, I need to tell the story, but there's a bunch of different angles. Then I'll get out and do some sketching. But I will write in spurts. I'll write like, for instance, the book that I'm working on right now, which is my first true true crime book. I sat down the other day and I wrote what I would assume to be will, will end up being the introduction, and then I wrote what I assume will wind up being chapter one. Gotcha. But then a couple of days later, I wrote like maybe chapter six or seven, because that was what was on my mind. And I have this sort of map of how it's going to turn gonna out, Got you. but I, I wasn't ready to write chapter two, but I was ready to write chapter six. So that's what I did. And so that's- I kind of write in bits and pieces and then kind of put it all together. I love that. I love that. It's like what you're feeling that day, what the mojo yeah. is for the moment. And uh, like you said, you got the whole vision board. You can uh, mix it all around. Yeah. It's, it's- I, I call it, I write the book. I don't let the book write me, Ooh. you know? And so it's whatever I'm in at that moment, whatever I'm in the mood for, that's what I'm going to write best. And so that's what I'm going to write at that moment. Uh, when I get to the point to where I have to write something, I'm going to wait until I'm ready to write it. I'm not going to force it. And that's what we all know. It's, it's called writer's block. It, uh, <laughs> I remember Rick Rubin is a famous, famous producer. Yeah. He always said, if you can just write one sentence, for an artist, that's all he would ask for that day. Hey, just come up yep. with one sentence. And one then, sentence. And because, you know, every day is going to be a little something different. So that one sentence may be a little different. And instead of having you write a whole damn song right on that block. Exactly. And, you know, that sentence is going to be pretty damn good, too, if it's just that one sentence you got to do that day. Uh, well, and Rick knows if you write the one sentence, sometimes that's the key to unlocking. That sentence gives you an idea for the next sentence and yes. then the next one. And now all of a sudden you sat down to write one sentence and you've written an entire song or an entire paragraph or whatever. Well, that's so sometimes it's that's just a- doing it. Just do that one little thing. And that's a domino effect. I love that. Such a good point. Such a good point. Do you have a favorite app on your phone? Do you have a favorite tool you like using uh, to run the business? Um, you know, I'm, I'm, I love FreshBooks uh, from an independent consultant, small business perspective. Absolutely. Um, it, it, I mean, it helps me kind of run my day. Mm-hmm. Um, and then back when I was traveling, I, I, I liked TripIt. I'm not traveling as much anymore, obviously, with the pandemic. But uh, TripIt is my travel app of choice because it kind of consolidates all my reservations and my schedules and itineraries and confirmation numbers into one place. So that's right. a good one, too. So in case you got a million different things you got going, oh, I got one place to go to. A trip yep. is another great tool. Uh, if you could sit down and chop it up uh, to a lovely steak dinner with anyone in the world, who you want to chop it up with tonight? Holy for moly. A, for, and you guys are going to have a great steak dinner. My goodness. Um, that's a great question. I think probably someone like somebody who I think is a really good writer. So uh Maybe a Malcolm Gladwell or mm. a David Sedaris or uh, Stephen Pressfield, somebody like that. You know, another Stephen is Stephen King, man. What a talk about it, a crazy writer, an incredible writer. How the hell do you come up with all these things in your mind and uh, and be so consistent about it? Let's just be real. I mean, uh, the guy's written so many dang books, man. Well, the difference is, is you know, we geek out on the internet and technology. He geeks out on writing books. That's right. all he does. I mean, right. that's it has to be because he can't be that prolific without just doing that. And the dude has got some incredible uh, imagination in your mind, a horrific imagination in his mind. Uh, Give our listeners, where is your favorite place for people to learn more about the book or learn more about uh, the Winfluence? Sure. Everything can be found on jasonfalls.com. So really easy to find. Um, If you Google Jason Falls, I'm probably the first four or five pages worth of links, but jasonfalls.com has easy links to the book, the podcast, um, you know, the stuff that I write on that site. 
And you can always come to teamcornet.com too, if you're looking for an agency to help you. I love that, dude. And we're also going to put in the show notes because you can get a, a free chapter of the book by going to uh, jasonfalls.com slash get uh, slash winfluence. And we're going to put that in the show notes so you can make it easy for you to get there. Uh, you know, my man, I appreciate you. I appreciate your soul. I appreciate your energy and passion. And I love that you are uh, on, the, on, the, on the tip of writing a true crime novel and maybe a, the, ex, the next epic movie, man. You never know. We'll, dude. And, we'll uh, see. Why not is the whole thing. And, and I always say in general, but God bless your soul, my man. Folks, you've been hanging out with an incredible dude, Mr. Jason Falls and Travis Tutal and Huff. We want to thank you again for your time today. And let's keep being real. What another epic episode and uh if you enjoyed the episode today can you please do me a favor and subscribe to our podcast the be real show on itunes or your favorite podcast platform and also take a little time today if you don't mind and give your boy t huff a review i would really super appreciate it and thank you so much for listening today we're all going through a lot right now and real-time outsource my business is giving back to local and small businesses through our social media services and campaigns, we are actually helping small businesses get more exposure during these times and also when we get through these times. At the end of the day, we don't know how long this is all going to last, but most importantly, you got to think about your business right now. Take it seriously. So come check us out at realtimeoutsource.com, realtimeoutsource.com, and we would love for you to qualify and get the process started where we can take a look at your business and see if we can qualify you for some of our services. Um, at uh, little to no cost for most of the businesses. And, uh, and, and some businesses, you know, you're going to have to pay, but that's just part of life, right? But most importantly is that I think this is the time, folks, that you can actually help thrive in your business. And so I would love to help you personally with our team. We're all going through a tough time right now. So take advantage of us. Realtimeoutsource.com. Check us out. And we would love to do some business with you and help you with your social and digital media in 2020 and beyond.